Okay, we're up to Posuk. Posuk. Chof Dalid. It was after around Mishloish Chodashim. So just a word on this funny Mishloish. According to Rashi, this is a verb. And the mem could be appended to a verb. Ayin Shom and Rashi, what the mem does to the verb. Mishloish Chodashim. So it means like when there was a three a threeing of the months, or okay, maybe I got the dictic wrong. So Ayin Shaman Rashi, that's what the mem is doing. According to the Ben Ezra, the mem is like this, just like you have when you talk about days. It's called Tumayl Shal Shaim. So the Shalish gets a mem at the end. Says the Benezra, when you talk about months, the Shalish gets a mem in the beginning. So the word Mishlosh is to months, like the word Shul Shaim is to days. Okay, now, the idea in this Vahiki Mishlosh Chadashim is obviously that Tamar kept everything a secret. And despite what she did, Nobody knew about it until it got revealed by her pregnancy being detected. So that's the point of this passage. And we already spoke about how Mishle, Perik, Lamid corresponds to our Pasha. Mishle, Perik, Lamid, Sukim, Yud, Ches, Tuchaf, which talk about the three things. That are niflu mimeni and the fourth, which I can't know, and those are mechovin to Arab parsha, as we discussed. The fourth one is derech gever be'alma. Gever is Yehuda in numerous places. Yehuda is gavar be'echov, as it says in the Be'yanim. And there, the next pasuk says, "Kain derech isha mina afes, achla umochas afiha." That's the way of the Isha Ben-Afes. She eats, washes, and wipes her mouth and says, I haven't done anything wrong. So, that's the derech of Vayet Eloho El HaDerech. And the fact that Tamar gets up and walks away as if nothing happened. That's the derech Isha Ben-Afes, who's Achla Umocha Safiya, and says, I didn't do anything. But then, a few months later, then it becomes undeniable. And just, it's interesting, I'm not sure if this is <laughs> related, it seems to be that it is, just like Tamar walked away as if nothing happened, but then three months later, something gets known. So if you look right to Mishle, the next classic is Tachas Sholosh Rogza Oretz. Tachas Arba because of three things, the earth Rogza trembles, and the four that it can't bear, and so there's a rugs aretz, it's something scary, frightening going on, something that gets people upset, like Yehuda got upset, and so from one of those three or four things, tachas eved ki yimloich, v'novel ki yizbalachem, tachas nuah ki si ba'el, v'shivcho ki si So, the eved, we've spoke about this in the past, the eved ki yimloich is David, who is accused by novel as being another eved, 
who is misparates against his master. That's what Nabal told David when he was appealed to him for food. He said, this is in Perek. Hey, in Shmuel Aleph, Hayoim Rabu Avodim Hamspartsim Ishukne Adonav. So David is the Evid Kiyimloich, Nobel is the Nobel Kiyis Balech, and he won't give David his food. Snua Kizibal is Leah. I don't know what the Shifra Ki Sirash Kivirte is. Okay, so Vahikim Mishloish Chadashim, then there's a Rog Zaretz, and it turns out she's pregnant with the seed of the royal family. Okay. Now, what happened then? By you got Yehuda Lemar Zonis Tomar Kalasecha. So Yehuda was told that Tomar was Mazana, and this parallels, as we discussed previously in the parish, this parallels Pasukid Gimel, where by you got the summer Lemar Tomar found something or was told something. So she was told something that should be a secret, and he was told something that should be a secret. Meaning, he was told that he found something out, and she found something out. She found out that he's going up to Timna to share his sheep, and as we discussed then, he's forgetting about his wife and his children who died. He's misnachim, as Pasuket Bey says. And he's going up to the sheep sharing, which is a yomtiv, as it says in the story of Novel. And David, the sheep shearing was a yomtai, it was a party. And also in the story of Amnon and Tamar, when Amnon, when Absalom killed Amnon at the sheep shearing as Amnon was drunk. <laughs> because the Gzidus Atzayim was a time for partying. So Yehuda is going up to the Gzidus Atzayim, he's being misnachim. And Tamar is left in the Big Day Almonas. So Yehuda is betraying Tamar, he's not treating her correctly. And, and she found out about that. Similarly here, Yehuda found out that Tamar is not honoring her relationship with him because Zonsa So the question is then who is right and who is wrong? Who's the Baygate? As we discussed um, in Malachi where it says Bogda Yehuda referring to our Pasha Yehuda was Baygate because he married a Basel Lechor but there's also a question and then right, right over there it says you were Baygate but Eishas Berisecha Right? In Malachi Perak Base. Okay, let's go back inside. Malachi Perak Base, it says, Malachi Perak Base, Pasuk. Yud Aleph. Really starts in Yud. We shouldn't be Baigid Ish Be'achiv, because we're all the children of one father. What's the Begida? Bagida Yehuda. How? Kichila Yehuda Kodesh Hashem Asher Ohev Ba'al Bas El Nechor. The Bas El Nechor is Bashua. So Yehuda mechalal the Kodesh, and then there's a Kedesha, and the punishment is Yachres Hashem lo Isha Shari Asana Erva Oine. That's going to get Erva Oinon. And then it says you're making the Mizbeach cry. We spoke about this in the context of the Kedesha and the Esnan Zaina. That was um, two weeks ago, I think. And you're making the Mizbeach cry. So there's like a Chilol of the Kodesh. Why is that? Because Hashem Heyed Ben Bicho Ben Eishes Nurech Asher Ata Bagadet Abba Miichavertach of Eishes Brisecha. You were baigid in your Aishas Nurim, who's your Aishas Bris. And then it continues, the Pasuk says, So Yehuda was baigid one time because he's Baal Basel Necha, Bas Shua. And then there's another Begida because his mate, his soulmate, Tamar, 
and he's ignoring her. And that's why you got the Tamar Lamar, but he hears that Tamar was begged. She was begged in the relationship with him. So the question is, who's right? And that's what the Pasha is setting up, and it ends up in the dramatic many. She's right. Okay, so that's the corresponding the two. He found out something about her, she found out something about him, and that sets up this tension about who was right and who was wrong, which ultimately gets decided by Yehuda when he judges properly and says Tzadkami. Okay, now, he said, he was told, So just a word on the Haitziwa. There might be more things to talk about this Pasuk, but today we're going to focus on one Nikuda um, that we're going to get to soon, but just I want to, just one, one around Haitziwa, that take her out is like it says in Pasuk Kiseitze, about the Naira Hamayra, so that's Mazana. So when you kill the Menafim, take them after the Shah. Okay. Now, so what's going on over here? Like I said, tonight, a little bit of a shorter share, I think. We'll see how long it takes. But um, I want to focus on a thematic matter over here, not so much the words in the Pesukim. She waited. Okay? That's what Tamar did. Let's analyze what Tamar did. She did her deed, and then she walked away as if nothing happened. And she waited till the very last minute, and even then, she didn't really divulge it, right? She only put the matter before Yehuda for, his, for him to to determine and to decide. So what's that about? So, based on the parallel with Shashim, which we've been discussing at length, that um, in Shashim, Paragzayin, and Ches, we have the Tamar. Paragzayin, you have the Tamar. And the question in Paragzayin, is whether you can have love without buzz. And the point over there, right, which is you do the fate of Yekabiyah Huzuli, that I spoke about last week, Peniela Buz, because he didn't find her. And there we learn that true love, which can't be bought, is azachamaves, kasha kish oil, and it's like fire. And can't be quenched. Even Mayim Rabin can't extinguish. Ava, rivers can't flood. And you can't buy Ava. You can't buy Ava. Call him So we spoke about many parallels how that Shirashim shed light on Arab Pasha. But specifically about this, about the fact that Tama waited till she was almost burnt. For what? What was she being burnt for? She was burnt for what she did with Yehuda, which means that her love was Azachamavis and Kasha Kishael. And shall have us the only thing, it, it, she was willing to risk being burnt and being killed for this love. So that shows how much her, how strong her connection to Yehuda is. So the fact that she was, put herself into a situation where she was almost killed, almost burnt, that firstly is a demonstration of the strength, the ferocity, the, 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 the fierceness 
of her love for Yehuda. So that's number one. Okay, so that's the first point based on Shir Shirim, that by Tamar putting herself at death's door, she's risking her life for her relationship with Yehuda. So it's a demonstration of exactly what the Pasuk says. Okay, but there's something else <coughs> which we'll see also comes up in Shia Shia. And that is not merely is she showing Yehuda by, by putting herself in a situation where she almost gets killed for this action. Not only does she show how fierce her desire is to, to cleave to Yehuda, but she also, <clears throat> by putting herself in a position where um, it's up to Yehuda to save her and she yet does not reveal who he is, she's showing her faithfulness, her complete her complete dedication and faithfulness to Yehuda, that she won't, even though she's being killed, she won't do anything that will out him and show that he was the one who did this act, which maybe is unacceptable. She's only going to put it before him and let him decide if he wants to declare himself. So she's showing a faithfulness to Yehuda. So not only is she showing how much, not only is she showing how great her love is that she's willing to risk death for it, but she also showing to Yehuda how completely faithful she is to him that she'll be killed before she does something against his will. She's going to allow him to decide how to proceed. If he wants her to die, then so be it. <coughs> so, let's go back now for a second to the first point. So there's two points that I submit to you. One is that, there's two points in this near-death experience. One is that her love is as strong as death. And the other one is that she is so utterly faithful to Yehuda, even to the extent that she would be killed before she does something that would put him in a bad position. Instead, she's going to leave it up to him. But let's go back to the first point first. In, in the story of Shimshin, which, as we discussed numerous times, parallels our parasha. We discussed all the parallels. Shimshin goes to Timna. And there's an Isha there. Um, and now we're going to talk about the fact that she's burnt. So the, the story there goes, Shimshin went down to Timna. He marries a woman there. And um, the Plishtim see Shimshin, so they give me 30 people to, to watch him. And as we all know the story, Shimshin gives them a riddle. And the riddle is, the riddle is, for three days they couldn't tell him the riddle. Then, they tell the wife, to tell Shimshin's new wife, they tell him, to tell us the solution of the riddle, or else we're going to burn you and your father in fire. And she cries to Shimshin, says, you hate me, you don't love me, you told them a chid and you didn't tell it to me. And Maisi tells her the answer, he tells her the answer, and he tells her the answer to the riddle, which is the story with the lion and the honey, and they come to him on the seventh day, and they say, what is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? Okay, so he leaves in anger, eventually he comes back, to his wife, 
sometime later, we make it to Yechitim, he brings back a Gedi'izim, it's one of the Pelas Parsha. And his father, her father, the girl's father, didn't let him come to, to come into her because he said, I gave her Lemeireyecha. So he gets all upset and he does this thing with the faxes and he burns the plishtims, lapidim and komois. And the plishtim, because of that, they went and they burnt her and her father in fire. Okay, so here we have an Isha who actually was a Zaino, meaning she was given to the Meireyehu. And of course, the Meireyehu, like we have an Arpash and Meireyehu is Chira, but there doesn't, the woman's given to the Meireyehu. And there she's burnt. So she ends up being burnt. Right? See, the irony, they threatened her. If you don't tell us, if you don't get Shimshin to tell us the answer to the riddle, we're going to burn you. So she gets Shimon to tell her the answer. But eventually she gets burnt anyways. Because they got, the person got angry at her that she caused Shimshin to get so upset and take out his anger on them. Okay, so now think about that. So, of course, another parallel to the Parsha is here we have this woman being burnt in our Parsha, almost burnt. And there we have the, the same figure, the wife of the Giber, the hero. Um, and there she was actually burnt. But there, it's an interesting thing. There what happened was she betrayed her husband. And she claimed, she said to her, to her husband, oh, you don't love me, you really hate me. Why? Why did she say that? Because she was afraid that she's going to be burnt. Right? They came and they threatened her, we're going to burn you and your fire. So she went to her husband and said, ah, you don't hate you don't love me, you hate me. So in our story, it's opposite. Here, they're the woman who's afraid to be burned, who's afraid she might be burned. So she uses that to betray her husband and claim that he doesn't really love her. But in our story, then, is the inverse. It's the woman who's not afraid to be burnt. And by that, she shows the strength of her love for Yehuda, that she's even willing to be burnt. So the woman who's scared to be burnt claims to love her husband, but actually claims that she wants her husband's love and not hatred, while actually she's right there betraying him. Tamar, who wouldn't betray Yehuda and, and was willing to be burnt for her love to him, that's the true the love. That's the true love. That's the woman who actually should not be burnt. She's the opposite of a zaina, right? She really cannot be bought. Because Azar Kamabas Avakasha Kashokara, Maim Rabbim, Imitian Ishis Kalhim Besay Baaval, Baizibuzale, because she has something which is priceless, which is worth more than anything. She has something which is worth more than anything. She has the true love, which is Azar Kamabas, right? Because only the love which is you willing to get burnt for. So that's as a kamav, as a kasha kasha. That means it's just, it just, it is nothing, nothing comes close to it. Nothing comes close to it. You can't pay for it. So she's the opposite of the Zayn Mashenkin, the Isha who was afraid to get burnt because of her association with Shimshin. She proved herself to be the Zayn who deserved to be, who actually deserves to be burnt in fire. Um, which, by the way, suggests something interesting. You know, this, the, the, the Yehuda, Shimshin, this is very complicated, this story. Shimshin, he asked him this riddle about me'az yotza masaik. And that's because he once killed a lion and 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 happened to be that bees made a hive in it. Honey. It's a very strange story how they're supposed to know the answer to the real, but what suggests the parallel is just the following. They answered him with a rhetorical question. They said, midrash. But you know what the parallel suggests? That there is something that's more az, which is maves and ahava. Maves and ahava. And Mamosik Midvash might also perhaps be an allusion to Ava, in which case this is an appropriate riddle for a, a wedding. And actually, maybe the, there's something going on about this, the true answer to the riddle, and they didn't get it, but it's all speculation. And you have to learn the story of Shimshin better for that. Okay, but again, just to bring out the point. So Tamar, who is willing to risk being burnt for Yehuda, demonstrates that she has the great love, 
described Shashim. Therefore, that actually proves that she's not the Zaina, because she's willing to be burnt. And that we see a little, it brought out more sharply from the Shimshin story, where <laughs> the woman who is scared to be burnt then f- falsely claims that she doesn't have her husband's love, when really she's actually betraying him and not being faithful to him. And ultimately, she ends up being actually a Zaina, giving to his friend, and then she does get burnt. Okay. Now, there's another thing happening here. Let's, now let's bring, let's bring us more to the second point. But I, this will bring us more to the second point about the fact that she is faithful to Yehuda. That means even though she's actually about to be burnt, and even though it's Yehuda who's saying to burn her, she's still not going to betray him and divulge who he is. She's only going to submit the information to him and let him decide how to proceed. Right? That's the second point. So here's, <clears throat> we get Vaito and Shiashim. In Shiashim, there's a test. And this is in Parakas of Shiashim, which corresponds to our parashim. In Parakas of Shiashim, there's a test about the Ochoiz Kitana. Is she a Choyma or is she a Delas? Which means, was she chaste or was she promiscuous? If she's a Choyma, but that's literally what it means. If she's a wall, impenetrable, then we'll protect her. If she's a, if she's a door, which is open and swings open, open and shut, then I'm not going to protect her. And she says, Ani Choyma. Okay, so... <laughs> And that's like the, that's the, that's after, but that's the next passage here in Shashim, after the Yitinesh Kalhain Beisei Ba'afa Ba'ezi Buzulai, there's this test whether the Isha is pure or not. So Tamar, that's the first in the basic level, and I think we've discussed in the past, there's this suspicion falls on Tamar. What's the suspicion? Is she a Chaymo or is she a Delas? Yehuda thinks she's a Delas, in which case she should be burnt, but actually she's a Chaymo, because actually she was chased, and, and Yehuda's the one who she should marry. Okay, so she announces Ani Chaymo. Fine. I think we discussed it in the past. But there's actually the way we're learning in the parasha is actually another meaning. There's another depth to Tamar's relationship with Yehuda, which is that she's faithful to Yehuda even when Yehuda is going to burn her wrongly out of misunderstanding her. She still won't do anything against Yehuda's will. That's her faithfulness. Now, I'm going to show you that that's also Nichlal in Anichayma. But first, to remind you one thing, we spoke about this in the past, that if the story over here is understood as the story of Yehuda, of the Malthus, of the Malthus, of whether the Malthus Yehuda is always going to have a, an heir, which is a major theme in the Malthus, right? We always have a Zara. And we said that that actually there was a time where there was a risk of, of ending, and those were the seven years of Gauls Bavel. And then. Um, There's a risk Yechon is going to be Ariri, and that's Er. And then when um, Tamar comes back, finds Yehuda, that's like the Pasuk says in Yemiah, calling to Klai Yisrael to come back and bring, come back to Hashem in the cave of the Soivi Gover. Okay, as we discussed by Rikos. But, so then, okay, so then also, furthermore, that's also, I think we mentioned this too, that the Choyma in Shir Hashirim, Ani Choyma, means we come back to Hashem. That's the Gemara says, in... <laughs> Yumadaf test, according to Rishlakish, Ben Im Choyma, he means, had Ben Yisrael Ben Oyle Bachoyma. The cave of the slave of the governor, the Gemara says in Yavamis, is the Isha is a Choyma to the man, because she's the slave of the governor. So one meaning in the end of Shia Hashim is, Ani Choyma, I am a Choyma, I am coming back to Hashem. I, like Tamar, came to Yehuda, she's the slave of him. She, um, so too, 
B'nai Yisrael is supposed to say, Anichoyim, I'm coming back to Hashem. But there's another meaning of Anichoyim, and this is a psikta. This is a psikta. There are psikta Rabbasi, Pasha Lamed Vav. It's a machloikes, Rebbechen and Rameshlakesh, Rebbechen and Rebbechen over there, what Imchoyim means. Rebbechen says, like Rameshlakesh, no, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not. Rebbechen says, like Rebbechen. Tanakam and the psikta, okay, there's two days in the psikta, doesn't matter. One is like Rameshlakesh, that. Imchayma means how they all come back. So it means Klai was supposed to be like the Nekeva to say Gavit to come back to Hashem. And the other one says, which is Yitzchak over there, says no. Imchayma means will they be faithful to Hashem and not do Avodazar? And then the answer is Ani Chayma, that in truth B'nai Yisrael did not do Avodazar on Golas Baba. And this is expanded more in the Medrash in Shirashim, the Medrash Rabbah, that the story of Hanani Mishal Bazai, you know, we think it's like a random story. It's not a random story. That's the story of B'nai Yisrael and Babel showing that they're faithful to Hashem. And here's the important point that uh, connects back to our parasha. And that's Ani Choyma. According to Rabbi Yitzchak, that's what Ani Choyma means. That's what Choyma means. You're faithful to Hashem. You're not betraying Him. And here's the Medjish Hashim, who says, ties into our parasha. The Medjish Hashim says, Medjish Rabbah, that Hanani Mishal Bazai went to the Navi Yicheskel and said, Is Hashem going to save us? And Hashem told Yicheskel, Tell them that I'm not going to save them. Tell them I'm not going to save them. But really, he ended up, he did save them. But he wanted, and first they said to Yechezkel, will Hashem save us? Thinking that, of course, Hashem will save them. Yechezkel said, no, Hashem's not going to save you. So they went back to Bukhanetz and said, you know what? Even if Hashem doesn't save us, we're still jumping. We're still, we're still going to submit to the fire. Meaning, Be'etzem, Hashem should save them, which is not what happened. So they thought, we're going to go to the Navi. We'll tell him we're, being, we're jumping into the fire. And he'll say, no problem, Hashem's going to save us, of course. Comes the Navi and says, Hashem said, I'm not going to save you. Wow. So there's the matzah of Hester, which has to do with the end of Nebu. We're not going to go into that right now. Then they said, you know what? Even though Hashem is not standing up for us, we still are being blessed with Hashem. So we're going to serve Hashem even though things are not functioning. Hashem doesn't have the same relationship with us. That's what Hanan Hashem is all about. Which is Agavai, the Medrash says, this, you could, some people say, you swear the world stands on three Amudim, Av Mitzvah and others say it stands on three Amudim, Hanan Hashem because they initiated this, they initiated this relationship with Hashem that we have today, where Hashem is not revealed, and yet we're dedicated to Him. Okay? Which the Gaelic name is the following. Hanani Mishal Azariah are the ones who allow us to say Ani Okay? Because they demonstrated this faithfulness to Hashem. They are the ones at the end of God's bubble who initiated some sort of new relationship with Hashem without Avodazar. Okay? Which is what, as we said, Tamar in our story corresponds to. Tamar is at risk of being burnt. Says the Medrash, she davened to Hashem, if you help me find, she couldn't find the Simonim. Medrash says, she lost, I think it's the time of innocent, maybe she lost the Simonim, and she davened to Hashem, turned to Hashem and said, Hashem, if you help me find the Simonim, I vow to you that I'm going to give you descendants that are going to, be, going to jump into the fire for you. Hanani Mishal Azariah, they're from Zerah Melucha. Okay, so that's what his two B.C. Sarf is, a remez to Hanani Mishal Azariah. It's a remez to Now we know exactly why. Because Tamar represents B'nai Yisrael, Knesset Yisrael. And Yehuda represents the Malchus Yehuda, but also Hashem, as we discussed. So they were away from Hashem, we were away from Hashem, and Hashem almost forgot about us, so to speak. And we have to come back and find Him. That's one meaning in the story. And that way that we're going to preserve the Zaham Malucha. And there's going to be a, 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 eventually a king from David, as we discussed. That's one element. Another element is that the way we... The way we preserve this relationship with Hashem is by being dedicated no matter what, even though He is sending us out to be burnt. 
And that is the other meaning of anichoima. There's two meanings of anichoima. One meaning is nekevet to say gover. Choyma like nekevet to say gover. That's how Shlokesh says in Yumu, we're supposed to go back to Hashem. The other meaning is we are faithful to Hashem no matter what. And the Medrash says that. Did I mention that? The Medrash says, right, the Medrash Psikta says anichoima is our faithful to Hashem, but the Medrash says darshan's anichoima also on Hanan Mishal Nazariah. Okay, and specifically that, that they said we're going to be dedicated to Hashem even though Hashem did not say He's going to stand up for us. So that's what's going on in our story. Yehuda said, and she is still dedicated to Him. You see what dedication that means? Even if you, it's not just that she's being burnt for a relationship with Yehuda. She's being burnt by Yehuda. Yehuda says, I'm done with her. And she still is faithful to Him even though He's ignoring her. That's the godless over here. That's the relationship. So that's a remez then to that's also a chaymah with Hashem, that even though Hashem is saying, I'm done with you and I'm not going to save you from the fire, that's the test. Will you be faithful? Will you be faithful even though Hashem is not visible? That's what Tamar had to do. Okay? So, by the way, also, the Ben uh, Bechai the, um, points this out, Yehuda, and he is where Shtev is Okay? So I would suggest the idea is he's standing in for Hashem here. Um... Just like Hashem said about Hanan Mishal Nazariah, you take the man and let them be burnt, I'm not going to save them. But then he did, right? Same thing over here. Yehuda said, take her out and burn her. But then he actually came around and saved her. Because that's what was needed. What was needed was that she should, even after being told that she's going to be burnt by Yehuda or by Yehuda's command, even then she's supposed to still be faithful to Yehuda and not... Um, not out, not uh, say who he is. That's when Yehuda says, "Ah, oh, many. She's the right one. She did everything right." Okay. So again, so the idea is again the idea is that Zonza Tomo Kalasecha. This is all the remez because the whole parsha is, is about the Machas Yehuda. Machas Yehuda almost got lost through Galus Bavel. So then the return of Tomo back to Yehuda is like the return of, of Bnei Yisrael to Hashem. Zonza is would mean obviously the marshal this risk that. Which is always called Znus in the Nevi'im. And um, the response of Hashem is, you know what, you guys did so much of a desire, I'm done with you. I'll let you be burnt, even though, you be, even though you're being burnt for something, for your, for your relationship with me, right? Tomer's being burnt, that, that's the irony of here. Tomer's being burnt because she was Mazana or because she has a relationship with Yehuda? So the answer is both. Really, she had a relationship with Yehuda, but... You would have thought she's being Mazana, right? So Hanan and Azai were being burnt because they have a relationship with Hashem, but Hashem is saying, I'm not going to save them because, you look at the Medrash, it's because of all the other you didn't buy a Swedish, so that's iron over there. That these people are being saved for, these Hanan and Azai are being burnt for not doing, for refusing the other but Hashem says, I'm not going to save them because of all the other desire by So that's like Yehuda who's accusing Tamar of Znus when actually it's not Znus, right? But she could have turned around and said, what? You know, this is terrible. I'm done with you. Could you understand what's going on here? It's all your fault. And Hanayim Meshav could have turned around and said, Hashem is letting us be burnt. Then we're done with Hashem. But no, they were faithful to Hashem even though he's doing that. Like Tomo was faithful to you even though, he's, even though he is um, the one who's burning it. So those are the two meanings of Choyim and Shehashim. Beautiful. Both of them in our Pasha. One is the meaning of Nekevet to say the Gover, which that's what Tomo did. And that's one anichoim according to one madam. The other meaning of anichoim is I am faithful despite everything, despite the fact that Hashem 
doesn't stand up for me, as illustrated specifically in the story of Hanayim Shalazayah, and that's also illustration of our parasha. So that's supporting, just to bring it back to where we started, that's the whole idea is to support that um, the significance of Tamar's actions was twofold. Based on Shir Hashirim, Periches, I think it's Pasuk. It's again based on Shir Hashirim. Periches, Pasuk, Zion, that says love is like fire, that's Pasuk Vav and Zion. Based on that, Tamar was out to demonstrate that her love was like fire. And based on Periches, Pesukim, Ches, Tes, and Yud, she's out to demonstrate that she is a Choyma, meaning even when she's being abandoned by Yehuda, still nonetheless, she is eternally faithful to him. And when you do those two things, that's when you have the Shleimus of Ava, the right kind of Ava that's necessary to make the Zerah